Shalom, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Michael, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's uh, pretty important. I'm calling this Lost in Translation. That's right. I'm calling this Lost in Translation. You know, there are different things that are missing from our Bibles, and there are also different things that, um, well, to be fair, have been changed. Wording has been changed, and so it becomes kind of an issue when you're trying to actually learn who Yeshua is from the Word of God, and there becomes confusion. So, let's talk a little bit. Did Yeshua, did Jesus, really declare everything food and everything clean? That is today's topic. Did he say that all things are clean? Well, when you study this and you look this up in Scripture, you'll find what appears to be a contradiction. Well, reading about a week ago, I came across the passage where it looked like Yeshua does just that. It looked like he contradicted himself and Hashem in the Bible. We have this in Mark 7, verses um, 18 through 19. That's Mark 7, 18 through 19, in the NLT translation. You know, as I open this up, I was not expecting to find large error. I really wasn't. But once we look at that verse, we see something. At the end of the verse, there is, um, at the end of the verse, there's, there are these, these quotation marks, depending on your translation, either quotation marks or parentheses, where it says, by saying this, he, meaning Jesus or Yeshua, declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. This bothered me. It bothered me because Jesus never, and I mean never, teaches against Torah. Here it looks like he does. It gives the appearance of it. Notice that the words are in parentheses or quotation marks. I did too. So I opened up my NLT hard copy as, well, in the online version, you have no capability of seeing all this extra information. And I wanted to see something. I wanted to see if these quotation marks or parentheses means that they added something that wasn't originally there. Because I know when I use them, it means that I'm putting in my own opinions or my own thoughts. Or I'm maybe interjecting a verse into something I'm writing. And so I wondered, was that what was going on? So I read the fine print, so to speak. One of the things I learned was that our modern Bibles are translations of others. And those are translations of the original King James. And those are translations of a few very older copies that are generally in Greek. And um, one in this particular case for our discussion today is called the Textus Recepticus. It can be found online. And it's written all in Greek and it has to be translated. Hmm. Do you see the issue? If it has to be translated, it's in a language you don't know, it becomes a problem, right? Exactly. 
It's a problem for us English speakers. Let's look at the chapter in verse. So this is Mark 7, 18 through 19 in the NLT translation. Don't you understand either? This is Yeshua talking, he asked. Can't you see that the food that you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through your stomach and then goes out into the sewer. And then you have the part that they put in, in the, in the parentheses. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. Again, this is Mark 7, um, verses 18 and 19. Did you notice that that ending part, if you're reading along with me, is in quotation marks or parentheses? Also notice this, that food doesn't go into your heart, but it passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. These are two points that we're going to focus on, but we're going to kind of do it broad-based here to discuss. Okay. So, the NLT actual text, the context, the stuff around it is really important. It's actually talking about the heart. And it actually says that food do don't go into your heart, that the issue is this is talking that the food goes through the stomach and out into the sewer, suggesting that this is a heart condition that we all have. And that food doesn't make a person unclean. Now, the context of this chapter is on the Pharisees seeing that Yeshua or Jesus' Talmudin or disciples are not washing their hands before they eat not what food can be eaten. Let's, let's see. Let's see what's being discussed here a few verses before 18 and 19, shall we? Let's turn back to Mark 7, still in chapter 7, but read verses 1 through 5. Let's let that give us our context, because you can't pick and choose Scripture to support your case. The Bible tells us, One day some of the Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples had failed to follow the Jewish hand-washing ritual before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, did not eat until they had poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, notice how it didn't say by scripture, by their traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market unless they immerse their hands in water. But this is one of many translations that they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, him being Jesus, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Again, Mark 7, verses 1 through 5. Notice the context to 18 and 19 is verses 1 through 5. The discussion is the Pharisees saw Jewish traditions not being observed, but Yeshua counters that they broke Torah, God's law, by 
insisting their traditions be done, not what is found in Scripture. Hmm. Interesting. Let's see more context, shall we? Jesus replied, and this is verses 6 through 8. Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commandments of God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own traditions. See, the Jewish have always made their own laws. Why? Well, out of fear. But why did they do that even? Man loves sin and likes to break God's instruction, his Torah. And because of this, well, they thought they had to cover all the bases, these Pharisees and teachers. They thought they had to add more laws or to clarify these laws in great detail to make sure that man was operating rightly. Why? Well, they didn't want to see anybody fall victim to sin. But they made it, however, in this well-intentioned idea, they made it almost virtually impossible to follow. And we see this in something called Mishnah, which we learn is the first major written collection of the Jewish oral traditions known as the Oral Torah. See, there was a written Torah, God's Word, and an oral Torah, which was an interpretation or an expounding on what was read, a clarification, if you will. It is also the first major rabbinic literature, according to Wiki. Thus, it's man's interpretations of God's Word, not God's Word. God's Word is Torah, or the written word. These laws were originally based in Torah, but expounded on to such a degree that men couldn't misunderstand them. Men couldn't sidestep what was originally written. For instance, in the Mishnah, I looked this up, there is at least three, if not four, chapters on the subject of hand-washing. What is perhaps clean or not in this hand-washing rituals. They get very, 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 very in-depth on that subject. To try to remember the ritual man calls for or what man says to do based on what he's read out of the Bible. And this is, to be fair, burdensome. What does the Bible say about hand-washing? <coughs> Excuse me. There are many verses that contain the idea or mention of hand-washing. Most say cleansing. You know, like as in cleansing the hands. Others say washing the hands. There are various adaptations and words being used throughout the many, many, many translations. Some are about ritualistic ideas and practices, and others mention it in passing. Some say that you are clean, while others say that you are cleansed. However, 
When one goes looking for specific rules on how to wash the hands in Torah, the only place that you get any kind of a quote-unquote how-to is for the Levites, that is the priests. We can find this in Exodus 30, 17-21. I'm not going to read that. You can go ahead and do so for yourself. But we can see that that is talking about Aaron and his sons and them having to wash their hands and feet before entering the tent of meeting or the tabernacle so that they would not die. It has nothing about the reason why you would wash day to day. And it has no instruction on how to get that task done. Many will argue that this was a Jewish ritual, and most of the people were Jewish, and uh, therefore they would have known how to do these things. Well, that is true, and it is an argument for sure, but if you can't find it in Torah, then you take it in, but it is not a commandment. In Leviticus 14, 8-9, we see the mentioning of bathing his body. However, in this chapter, it is about cleansing oneself from skin diseases. And then again, it does not give the how to actually get it done. Just the fact that we are to do it to be deemed spiritually, not physically clean. So what can we glean from this and other pieces of scripture? Well, I know for one thing that the mikvah, or the ritual bath that the Hebrew did and the Jewish does now today, can be used for the word bath, right? I noticed that this can actually be transposed. This actually does apply. So, washing, on the other hand, I know can apply to using a pitcher or a cup or a bowl or pouring of water, right? Well, how do I know this? Well, I know this because uh, Yeshua is a great example. He washed the disciples' feet, and it confirms at least half of this theory. Let's read on uh, as follows in John 13, 4-5, and I'll actually read that to you. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, and wrapped a towel around his waist, the he being Yeshua or Jesus. And he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around his waist. John again, 13, 4-5 NLT. Go ahead and read it for yourself. But we can see that that theory is starting to prove true. The washing would have been not with soap and water, but just with water for a spiritual, not a physical cleaning. It would not be about, do or it would not be about dirt. Um, it would have been about a deeper symbology. With all this noted, I come to the conclusion within this writing, I can see in Scripture that it denotes washing and bathing. I can also see in Scripture when mentioned, it was more about a spiritual cleansing than physical dirt on the body. As most times it mentions, only the hands and feet, usually the feet, need to be washed. I can see where feet washing was done with a basin or a cup or a pitcher pouring water on the hands or feet. I can even see where others can do that for you or you can do that for yourself. I cannot see, however, I will stress this. I cannot see, however, the procedure. They did not write this down. 
I did not see what happened in all these pieces of scripture, and there are many. So there is no procedure shown. I certainly cannot see from the word of God as it is written in our Bibles where three or four chapters of the oral Torah called Mishnah appears. That only appears in the written interpretation of the oral Torah, the oral Torah being the Mishnah, and the Mishnah is an interpretation of our Bibles. Well, technically the Tanakh, and technically scrolls, and technically also um, in Greek. With this said, that would mean that you have the original word being translated twice already, not to mention into all the other different languages that are today. It is man's attempt to clarify what Hashem said, in other words, so that man would not accidentally drift, but we already know we have. This is why Yeshua chastised the Pharisees for pushing traditions of men while lessening or even avoiding, in some cases, the very word of God. To you and I, the grafted in, this is what I say. If it says wash, then wash. But notice in the Torah, that's where you get it from. Notice you don't get it from the uh, interpretations. You get it from Torah itself. But it doesn't tell you, the Torah doesn't tell you how that wash should be done. So in the words of the Nike shoe company, I say, just do it. Don't be concerned, however, about the how to actually get it done. So in taking all of this in, did Jesus say that all food was clean as suggested? The answer is no. Yeshua, Jesus, was addressing the ritual of pouring water over the hands before eating. There is no such command in Torah, God's law. It is only found in the interpretation of the Torah, the oral law, the oral Torah called the Mishnah. Jesus, Yeshua, was addressing what defiles a person comes from inside us. The heart condition of a man or the desire to be the desire to be disobedient and walk in our sin. Jesus attacked the Pharisees for their own commands which cannot be found in Torah, their own traditions, their Mishnah, which cannot be found in Torah. That's what Jesus attacked the Pharisees for. He even condemns them for nullifying God's word by forcing people to follow their doctrines, not God's. There is no way, I repeat, no way Yeshua in this chapter calling out the Pharisees for their traditions instead of using God's law or God's commands, there is no way that he would turn around and say everything is clean to eat. That would be anti-Torah. That would mean that Jesus is teaching against the Bible, which, according to John, he is the Word made flesh. And that is also teaching against God. That never happens. Jesus always backs up his Father. So we can see that Christian doctrine says that eating biblical no longer applies to the Christian. That it's just for the Jew today. Therefore, the translators, taking from the Textus Recepticus and translating that wordage 
added in those quotation marks or the parentheses putting in their doctrines saying that Jesus declares all food clean which was not what Jesus said. If we use the King James to also take a look at this verse and read we find that there are no quotation marks there are no parentheses. Here's what we find. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into a man, it cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goes out or goeth out into the draught, purging all meats? Again, Mark 7, 18-19, this time in the King James. So we have a huge issue here. Jesus, according to the modern NLT, is saying that all food is clean, according to their traditions. But in the King James, it ratifies Jesus is not talking about all food is clean, but is actually saying what goes through us doesn't defile us, but it's what comes out of our heart that does. The use of food, the word food, here implies God's food plan. Because back at that time, that's what they would consider food. Let's go back to where they claim they have translated this from. The Texas Recepticus, or excuse me, the Textus Receptus. If I could pronounce that right. You can find it at http colon backslash backslash Textus Recepticus Bibles dot com backslash Stephanus backslash forty one backslash seven. It's a mouthful, but I am using the oldest one that I can find, the Stephanus from fifteen fifty. The two verses are written in Greek. You'll have to excuse the train. However, I don't read Greek, so I had to put them through Google Translate. Google Translate renders the two Greek verses as such. And saith these to you, and ye disobedient, do ye know that all things that go outside of man can be made known to you, continuing right into verse 19, that it does not enter it in the heart, but in the abdomen, and the apostle is always cleansed. We have in verse 18 the mention of being disobedient, and in verse 19 we see combined with 18 and 19 that what goes through a man from your mouth into your stomach and out the back door of the human body, so to speak, that waste leaving the body, body then causes a cleansing of sorts. But the mentioning of verse 19 that it doesn't go into the heart suggests what is in the heart is what defiles you, not the food you eat. In other words, the hate that you have in your heart defiles you, not the food. With this understood, this food business, by these people, they would have taken that and as they're recording that, they would have known what would have been counted as food. 
and where this knowledge would come from, which would have been the Torah and Hashem's food instructions. Unclean animals would not have been considered food for them. They would have been excluded from the mind of the first century believer in Yeshua or Jesus because they would have been following Torah, believing in Torah, walking in Torah. Unclean animals were simply not food. In other words, originally pork and shellfish would not have been deemed food, much like a bat or a mouse or a vulture would not have been deemed food. But we have no complaints about these animals. Only the pig. Only the thing crawling on the floor of the ocean that's supposed to be the garbage disposal. Look, Jesus does not tell the Roman believer or us grafted in to eat whatever we want, that everything is clean. Jesus is, however, explaining that what is inside of your heart, your desire to walk anti-Torah, anti-Biblical, anti-God, anti-Him, is what defiles you. Your inability to desire to follow God's law is what causes you to be unclean and thus transgress the Torah. It has absolutely nothing to do, and I repeat it again, it has absolutely nothing to do, as we have seen, with Jesus really saying that all food is clean. And because of this, we should be alarmed, if not outraged, that our Bibles are being changed. The way to avoid this is to go to something called the Tanakh, the original Hebrew Bible translated into English. You have the Hebrew or the Jewish on one side, and you have the English on the other. Or you can actually see, if you know how to read, which I can read limitedly, some Hebrew, you can then see both side by side to know what you're getting is truth. Nowhere are you going to find in the Hebrew Bible the New Testament, unfortunately. So you have to get a translated copy of that even. But nowhere will you find anywhere in the teaching that Jesus says all food is clean. He doesn't. He would be going against his father. He would not have been resurrected after his death, and he certainly wouldn't be sitting at the right hand of Elohim, God Most High. Unfortunately, all of our modern Bible translations now contain error, contain the doctrine of Christianity, where they say that Jesus voided out God's commands, God's rule book on how to live. Christianity teaches that that's been voided out. And according to John 1, the word made flesh is Jesus. So technically, we're by saying Jesus said stuff and taught stuff he didn't, we are rejecting Jesus and what Jesus really taught. And on the flip side, the Orthodox Jew of today, who doesn't recognize Jesus as Messiah, unfortunately also rejects Jesus. Therefore, both of the major religions are rejecting Jesus to some point. And you have those of us in the middle walking the way that know the truth. Why do we know the truth? Because we read our Bibles. And this should disturb you that our Bibles are being corrupted. Our Bibles are being changed. And they're being changed because modern society doesn't read their Bibles. 
So, my friends, please start reading your Bibles. Stop taking my word or your pastor's word for things or your denomination's word for things. Find out what the Bible says. Put the Bible up against the Bible. Be a Berean. Test everything. Hunt it down. Uh, figure it out. Because if you don't, we will get to a day when God's word is so distorted and watered down that even the new believer, even the, even the most advanced believer, won't recognize the word of God. This concludes this week's podcast. I pray that you all are well. I pray that you all are living biblically and seeking the truth and seeking Yeshua, Jesus. On that note, Shalom, God bless, good day. Go home and read and study your Bibles. Thank you.